Welcome back to Passionate Internet Voices Talk Radio, a league of nations among other talk radio stations, Voices of the People, United We Roar. Tonight is January 11, 2007. It's 40 degrees here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it's a little bit cloudy. However, we have more important things to do, so we're going to go over to Author Access with Victor Folkman and Irene Watson. And so without further ado, let me introduce both of them to you, Victor Volkman and Irene Ax- and Irene Watson. Watson and Author Access. Good evening. Good evening, Lillian. This is Irene Watson. I'm Managing Editor of Reader Views, and I'm located in Austin, Texas. I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press, and I'm also in Ann Arbor with Lillian. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We're speaking to you today live over the internetvoicesradio.com network. You can hear us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on this station. Today's topic is putting together a book marketing plan, and our special guest who will be joining us this hour is Dr. Bette Doust of BlueprintBooks.com. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is AuthorsAccess.com. If you would like to participate in today's show, you can send us an email to info at AuthorsAccess.com with your questions and comments, and we'll read them over the air. Now, before we get started this evening, I would like to remind all our listeners that Reader Views and Loving Healing Press are sponsoring a short story writing contest. Send us your true story of a transformational event that happened to you, and it could appear in our upcoming anthology of stories. The good news is the deadline has been extended to February 1, 2007, so don't wait too long. For more details, you can go to www.readerviews.com and click on Literary Contest on the far right sidebar. Now tonight, we will speak with author and marketing expert, Dr. Bette Doust of BlueprintBooks.com. Several years ago, Dr. Doust decided that she should keep track of all the things she was doing in order to have people know about her and her products. She decided to put into the mix her integrity, honesty, and drive to be successful. Continuing in this vein, she has used her writing skills from the publication of more than 150 books, articles, white papers, and training guides to create a new series of books that will help others achieve business success. The Blueprints for Success business series was thus born. Now, Beth has an eclectic background in education, technology, and enterprise administration. She has worked with Fortune 500 companies around the world, has a Ph.D. in business management, and has served on the board of directors for many professional associations. But her true love is in sharing information with others and helping any business achieve a greater success. And now we're going to go to this week's special guest, Dr. Bette Doust. Hello, Bette. Hello. How are you doing this evening? You were talking about it being 40 degrees. I think it's about that in the Bay Area of San Francisco as well, so it's quite cool. (laughs) (laughs) They get those cold toes. So I wanted to start, if that's okay with you, talking a little bit about marketing a book. Everybody seems to have a book inside them, or they like to have one that's out there. But the biggest thing is, how do you market it? How do you put it out there? And it's it's somewhat of a difficult process initially if you don't have a plan in place. You know, as your mother always says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's no different in the book marketing aspect of it. Now, I talk about a number of books that I've put together for myself, 
and I know exactly how to fail because I've managed to get there several times. Um, as Einstein says, you know, it's just I just found it an extra way how not to do something. <clears throat> so with my expertise now of, of knowing where not to go, I like to share the places that you need to go in order to be successful on book marketing. Now, I realize some people are probably writing a book because they have that book inside them and it's for their own pleasure. But most of us that write a book want to impart our expertise in some way so that we get that message out to other people. They will come back to us and you know, ask us about our expertise and how we can help them. So I think, Irene, you had said a couple of shows ago the fact that you have to sell a heck of a lot of books if you're going to you know, do a lot of marketing and pay for it and keep paying for it. I know one of the things that I had done is I had hired a publicist. I got great reviews. I got great things, but it didn't translate into book sales. Reason being is I would do the show, but I really had nothing in place in order to capitalize on it, to bring pe people back to my website, have them buy the book, and then keeping in contact with them with more information beyond just the book. So your book is your starting point, if that makes sense. Now first, uh, I want to talk a little bit about testing your market. Now this is usually before the book is completely written. You might have an outline or a book proposal put together, first thing you want to do is be able to determine what your target audience uh, will want to read or who that target audience is. I teach a course at uh, Northwestern Polytech University in marketing. One of the things we talk about is who is your audience? Who wants to read this? And then you have to get a hold of that audience and more or less survey them if they read first little bit of the chapter, do they get excited about it? Uh, what comments do you get? So in testing your market, you can look at things that are fairly inexpensive. Do a, a reader survey. Uh, go to other authors that have written those types of things or the same or similar type of book and ask them the types of things that they put out there that were successful for them. Remember, you're not out there alone as an author. There are many, many authors. There is 170,000 new books every year in the U.S. published, some self-published, some through major publishers. There has to be someone else that has a similar topic. Find out who they are. Connect with them. So you have to test and make sure that you can find out exactly what the audience wants. And that could be something to do with trends. I remember hearing John Kramer, and I think it might have been on last week's show, talk about when the Da Vinci Code came out, that people were jumping on the bandwagon putting Da Vinci Code in the titles of their books because it gained recognition. There's no reason why you can't do that with any particular topic. If success principles, such as the one Jack Canfield wrote, is um, somewhat similar to what you want to write, then how do you incorporate that? Find out what Jack's audience was. You can find that out quite easily. Who bought the book? Look at statistics. These are all inexpensive ways to find out who your market really is. And once you know who your market is, then it's much easier to push your book that way because they're more than likely to buy it. So it's really getting down to, I guess it's the sales process as well, 
is qualifying your prospect. It's one thing to just put your book up on Amazon and hope that somebody buys it. That's not going to happen unless you know exactly who will read that information. That's I'm making sense with it. <laughs> you know, that is so important. What you're just saying is that who is going to read it? You know, I, I'm hearing a lot of authors say, well, the general public, well, that just doesn't cut it. It has to be more precise as to who. And when you talk also about the survey, I, in my personal opinion, I don't believe friends and family are good ones to survey. What, how do you feel about that? No, friends and family are always going to say, oh, well, you know, you wrote a book, oh, so what is one reaction? Or the other one is, oh, this is really good, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they've not, never touched it. Mm-hmm. But if, if you can use simple tools, now, I don't, not that I want to advertise anyone else, there, there's a simple tool out there called SurveyMonkey where you can put excerpts or you can ask questions about certain things and, and find a mailing list, uh, people outside of your circle. Uh, perhaps you belong to a networking group. Send those pieces out to people. Send them a PDF of the first chapter. Uh, send them to a site where... Um, you can read a little bit of it, do a video, do a podcast on it. So you're talking about the topic, get them interested, and then have them answer the questions. Is this a, a book that you want to read? And you'll get a yes or a no. You know, don't make it a gray area. You have to get it very definitive. If you get an overwhelming response, oh, this sounds fabulous, and you've pinpointed that audience, then you know you have a market for it. But general doesn't work. Friends and family don't work. And the reason general doesn't work is, um, you know, I've got a book series, Blueprints for Success. The first one's networking, 150 ways to promote yourself. Well, my mom and my dad certainly are not going to read that. They're not in business, and that's not where they're going with it. And they're not in sales, and they're not in marketing. So I know what my target audience is. It's small business, and it's the people that are doing the selling or the marketing for that organization. And that is my small, tight market. So those are the people that I will go after. Now, I will also further define it because there are a lot of salespeople in every organization. It's not for Fortune 500. It is for companies that have from zero to approximately 25 employees. So now I've further defined it. And that's what every author needs to do is get it right down Now, one of the things that I had heard in the past was, well, you know, you don't want to narrow it too far because you may not have an audience. Just as a general rule of thumb, if you're doing any information product, book, white paper, whatever it happens to be, you want to find out if you have a minimum of 20,000 businesses or people in that market. The point here is if they have 20,000 as a minimum and you hit 1% to 5% of that market, then you know exactly how many books you will sell in that market. So you may define one narrow one, but you also may be able to find out another 20,000 vertical market that fits that. So now you're starting to test the market. You send out a few copies of your first chapter here and there. I always do it by email. I like the inexpensive route. So then you're finding out from those target audiences. You may define 10 of those and just test in each one of them and see which one picks it up first. Once you have defined the very narrow market, then you are able to expand.
expand that a little bit so that you know how many you will probably sell in that area. Using the internet, 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 and I know people have heard it over and over again. You can do 80% of your marketing by doing your test marketing just through the internet. Don't print your first chapter and mail them out and hope you get a response. Simply email it or have a link so they're driven back to your site to register so that they get a copy. That is another way to test your market as well because then you have people in your database when you come up with a second one or a sequel, you will be able to go to those individuals. So for me, testing that market first is, pro is, is very, very crucial. There's no point in writing something and just thinking that you, know, you can just sort of spray and pray and you will get you know, five, ten you know, book sales here and there because that doesn't work. Well, it will work for some if your name is Jack Canfield. But you know, it's not going to work for myself, Dr. Bet, because... You know, even though I may have sold 20,000, 30,000 copies of, of a book, that's not a lot compared to, you know, 350 million people. So you have to watch where you're, where you're setting it. I hope that makes perfect sense. It sure does. Gosh. Um, what was interesting that you're saying 80% of the testing market is on the Internet. Yes. And how easy is that, really? Actually, it is, it is quite easy. Sure. Uh, you, you, you can um, hook up with a number of other individuals that have mailing lists. It's uh, sort of a, a joint venture. Other authors that have already got a mailing list out there on a similar audience, just asking them if you can A, buy or borrow or you know, ask them to send out an email on your behalf. It's your networking groups. Ask your networking group if they would also send it out to other individuals. One of my great friends is Jill Lublin that wrote uh, Guerrilla Publicity and um, Networking Magic. She's working on her next book. She will send an email out to uh, her close group, and each one of us, on agreement, send it out to our group when she's looking for you know, audience, um, what do they think of titles or whatever it happens to be. And we circulate it out, and she does a Survey Monkey. People go to Survey Monkey, fill it out. She actually gets a very good response that way. And then she knows what kind of audience, because she asks audience questions as well, because she wants to know specifically where people are coming from in industry, so that she'll know who will be reading it. So basically, this is meeting the need also. Yes. And finding out what's really needed out there and what people want, and so then you just target that particular audience with your book. So this is, you've tested the market, you've gone out, and you've got all these um, results coming back. When is it time to then proceed to the next step? What would be the end result before proceeding to the next step? Well, I find if I get you know, 150 to 200 responses out of you know, 400 that I've put out that, yeah, this sounds like a great topic, then I will start to proceed, and then actually going in and preparing a plan. It's, it's, if you're not getting a good response from people, you send out 400 and only 10 people respond, you know you're, you're in trouble. But if you start getting upwards of 20, 30% of the people responding, usually they're, they're close enough that 
that you will get that kind of response, then it's time to move on. You can use it with a lot less as well. Uh, one of the keys, of course, on that testing is, you know, what is your title? Because that title really makes a difference too. If you're going to use the ooh-ah factor or you're going to use um, marketing for smarties. I mean, it depends on that too. So that's all part of your testing. So you add, add your titles into the testing at the same time. So you're doing all of these things. Then it's ready to start putting a plan together. Now, a plan, uh, if you're going directly to a larger publisher, you still need to put your marketing plan together, even if you have a publisher, because generally they won't do it for you. They want to see your plan, what you are planning to do, and they will simply print the books to support that plan. Now, there's all kinds of things that fit into it. And just sort of generally, it's uh, preparing your publicity. And this is even before your book is written. Um, uh, know where your bound galleys are going to go on. And of course, a bound galley is your standard plain cover edition uh, that's similar to the finished book. Where are they going to go? Uh, where are you sending review copies? What advertising are you going to do? Um, are you going to use trade journal ads? Are you going to use uh, consumer ads? Are you going to use Google ads? You know, whatever you want to do. What other promotions? Do you have a plan to do a book tour through Borders or Barnes & Noble or smaller bookstores? Do you have that in mind? Are you going to join with other authors and put on a program and go from uh, Chamber of Commerce to Chamber of Commerce and promote the book successfully that way? Who's going to provide the quotes and the testimonials for you? You have to think about that ahead of time. I'm just generally going over these. I have a, a PDF that uh, listeners can um, obtain uh, by contacting you, Irene, so that uh, we'll be able to get these out to them. Uh, are you going to exhibit anywhere? Are you going to go to Book Expo America? Do you plan on selling foreign rights? Who are you going to contact in, in that area? So there's sort of many things you want to put together in the plan, but where do you really start? Well, starting six to eight months ahead of your book release date is actually where you want to start. So six to eight months ahead, that means nine to ten months ahead, you have to start putting your marketing plan together. Once you know who your audience is. So this, this process is not, oh, today I'm going to write a book, tomorrow I'm going to find out who wants to read it, and it will be out on the shelves in three to six months. Yes, maybe you can do that, but not that often because there's so many pieces and parts that are involved, even if you self-publish. Now, there's a, a great book out by Dan Pointer, the self-publishing manual, which is available, of course, on blueprintbooks.com at a discount. That's a good place to start to understand some of the ins and outs of what happens on self-publishing, but also gives you an understanding of the industry, especially if you are a first-time author. Now, I just want to back up a bit. Okay, we're talking about six to eight months ahead of time getting this marketing plan out. So nine to ten months out, A, you've tested your audience. Now you have to start gathering some information and putting that plan together. So you're actually going to write it down on paper. I'm <clears throat> and what it is is it's a set of goals with action steps. So you simply write down, okay, my goal is to send out 80 review copies uh, six months pre-publication. So that could be your goal. 
underneath that, you have to list the 80 people, where you're going to send them, the date you're going to send them. Don't send them all at the same time because what happens you send out all 80 and they all 80 want responses, you're going to drive yourself insane. So sort of stagger those out. Some places require eight months ahead of time. Some are, are great with three. You have to find out what those are. Now, if you are going to plan on having a Kirkus review in New York, that may be one of the first places you go. So you can say, okay, a review copy is going to this place. So it'd be to Kirkus Reviews. Um, if you decide you want to be in the New York Times bestseller list, well, then you're going to put them on the list. What you have to do is a little bit of research and determine what publications are ideal for your book. You would not send a business book to someone that reviews fiction, for example. So you have to know what those are. And you know, just backing up a bit, talking about Dan Pointer's book, he does have some of that information inside that book as well, some general guidelines and places to go look where those are. So you really have to know where those review copies are going. Now that's just the first step. You know where they're going to go, but what do you give to them? And that's preparing your publicity. I have that as a second step of what we do. So we know where the books are going. Now we have to prepare that publicity. So you want a professional press release. Many authors write their own, which is great. Just make sure you have a third party for someone else to contact. Reviewers tend to, and you know, it's not 100% this way, if the author writes their own press release, it's not as noticed as a third party writing the press release. So if you know of another author that's really good at writing press releases and will write one for you, that's a great place to go. It doesn't have to be an expensive route. If you want a really great professional press release, then you can pay anywhere from 80 to $500 to have one done. Your choice. Do the most inexpensive route, especially if it's your first time through, but make sure it's well done and it follows the various press release rules. There are a lot of professionals out there. You can go to Craigslist, and there is a free section where you can look for people. It's called Gigs. Just click on Gigs, and you can actually advertise for someone to do a press release. Or in that same section, you can find writers to do various things for you as well. Now, a press kit should also go alongside of this. That means any press clippings or things that have been written about you, and you're going, well, you know, this is the first book, nothing, nothing's been written about this book, doesn't necessarily have to be about the book. It has to be about you. So if you go in and you do a Google search on yourself, you may find that, you know, you, know, you belong to such and such an association or someone has written about you in a paper or you're involved in the community and there's, there's something out there. Or find someone that you know that will write a testimonial letter for you so you can include that, especially if you don't have anything reviewed for yourself. After a while, you'll find that you'll be adding things such as writing an, um, an e-zine article and getting a number of e-articles out there so that people are picking them up in various e-zines. That's an easy one. You can start that process right away, little excerpts of your book ahead of time. And what you do is, as, as it's picked up by another e-zine, 
you can clip that page. Hey, look, I'm featured in this, this easing. And you can simply take a screenshot of it or copy it and paste it into a Word doc so you have it on file. That can be part of your press kit. So you can gather those. We don't want to make a press kit too big, but you want to have enough meat in it that the reviewer gets interested in who you are. Now, I'm talking about them being interested in you, and that comes back of forming a relationship with the person in the media that is going to be reviewing your book or your, your volume or your audio or your DVD, whatever it happens to be. You want to form a relationship with that person. And the best way, of course, is to let them know who else has been talking about you. And of course, the other part of the press kit is a review copy of your book. Now, this is, we're talking six to eight months ahead of publication. Review copies are not necessarily the final version, but they are very close to what that may be. I have sent out review copies where I've had a graphic float in the middle of a page, and I hadn't noticed it, but I know it's a review copy because we'll be making some changes here and there. When um, the media reviews your book, they're not reading it word for word all the way through. Although if they get very interested in your book, that can happen. And I'm sure, Irene, with, with what you're doing with reader views, that happens to a few of us that uh, you start reading the book through, get too interested, and forget about doing the review. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's been there because <laughs> she had talked about reviewing a book before that that had happened. So it's, you want to make them interested in who you are as a person. The book follows after that. So you're really getting them interested in who you are, forming that relationship, and then they'll start reading your book of the interest side. It's a little bit different take that I, that I have versus you know just at, at will just throwing stuff out there. Um, I'm sure most reviewers get 100 books a day at least. In, and they're not going to go through every single one of them. What's going to catch their attention is you know, how people present themselves. It's 80% presentation and 10% of what the book actually is. So the presentation becomes the important aspect of it. It's just like the body language creates 80% of people making a judgment about who you are. Prescott is no different. You don't want to go overboard so it's you know bright orange and neon, but you certainly want to catch their attention in a very professional manner. So that is that is sort of the preparation component, and that's six to eight months ahead of time. So you're going to know where you want to send it. You want to know what you need to put inside this press kit. Now, the other part of the press kit, and this is the last part, is the covering that you put on it. There's a couple of little tips. You know, some people, you can buy these uh, presentation folders. They're nice and shiny. You can get them in different colors, black, green, gold. The biggest problem is you put your fingers on them, you see fingerprints. You have to find something that is very classy looking, but doesn't look like uh, a bunch of fingerprints because it's passed from hand to hand. You want it to look professional and crisp. So if you're going to use a glossy cover, use white and put color on it for what you want to do. Now when you're presenting your book, you're presenting your book, but you're also presenting yourself. You are the first face. 
if they want to talk to you about your book, they want to know who you are as well. So you have photographs, all that type of thing. I just recently heard a speaker in our area, and his name is Jeff Rubin. He has a very plain white folder, nice right, white, ah, sorry, <laughs> red, white, and blue stripes, and then a small photo of himself right on the front cover of the folder. He said it cost him about 80 cents a folder, and he printed only 100 of them, so it's fairly inexpensive. Now the reviewer sees your face. You may also have you know, a picture of the book on the inside as well, but they're getting the book, so you don't actually need to do that. So those are the types of things you want to put together. Now, once you've put those together, now you know where you're going to send them. Start sending them a little bit at a time. So on your plan, you want to be able to write down all of the things you want to put in your folder. And just like a project management component, you want to put dates beside everything so you know what the deadline is for each and every single thing you need to do. And as you do it, you should also have a binder and just keep track of things and keep putting them in your binder, everything you have done for that. Every penny you spend should be recorded in some uh, capacity in that binder. So you know how much you spend on your marketing, where you spent it best, the kind of responses you have. So now you have a whole marketing plan that will be put aside. So the next time you write a book, you can pull this one out and see what worked and what didn't. And and that's one of the greatest things that you can do with uh, preparing your marketing materials. <clears throat> now another aspect of all of this is the need for advertising. Now advertising comes in many ways. Advertising can simply be uh, publicity that a newspaper gives you or a magazine because they've heard about you or you've written an article. It can be in the form of a rebuttal to an editorial. It can be uh, placing information on someone's blog. These are all ways of advertising if you do it right. It is one thing to sign your name. It is another thing now to drive them back to the website where your book exists. Now, I hadn't mentioned before, part of your marketing plan is you need to have a website with your book title. Now, I must admit I am very guilty of this. I have reserved blueprintsforsuccess.com, but I haven't put anything there. I direct everybody to my bookstore, blueprintbooks.com. But most books have their own .com. So if you call the book Stepping Into Greatness, you should have steppingintogreatness.com. That page or number of pages should strictly talk about your book. You should be able to put on there uh, podcasts about the book, testimonials. So that site is simply about the book. So that should be another part of your marketing plan. Reserve your .com, plan your page, uh, what podcasts, what video components you want to put on there, uh, do an author reading, show your first chapter, um, fireside chats about your book, get someone to interview, film it. Put it on there so they see live interviews all about your book. And then what else you expect from that book. So 
for example, if you've written the book and it's just the book you're selling and you're not selling yourself for speaking services based on that book, then you don't need to put that. If you have no consulting based on that book, then you don't worry about it. It will be strictly the book. But anything in all marketing aspects of that book needs to be on that site. So I'm taking Stepping Into Greatness, for example, and I know that one doesn't exist right now, but you would put all of the information about the book, the testimonials, who you know read it, um, what other products are related to it. So now you're taking your book and you're adding other products to it because productization of your book is, is key. You may offer reports. You may offer some other MP3 or some audio programs that you want to put there. You may actually have a blog based on your book. So this is all part of your marketing plan, writing down exactly what you want to do and the date that you will do it. Now, your book's website can be there generally pre-publication, six to eight months. So if you want to send the reviewers there, you will have that ready. But you actually don't want to launch it in 100% full until a couple of months before publication date, so people can pre-order your book. You may want to put it out three to four months ahead of time, depending on when your reviews come out. When people see a review, they want to be able to get their hands on the book and when it will be available. <clears throat> now, other components of advertising will start to click in as the book is released. So you want to be able to know where you are going to list your book. So that's another part of your book marketing plan is where are you going to list the book? Well, some of the, the common things that you think about, well, I'm going to put it on Amazon.com. That's great. Do you have a distributor in mind? Are you being picked up by a distributor? Can you make a partnership with another publisher? There are a number of publishers that out, out there that will do what they call joint venture publishing. That means that you do all the work, but they'll post the book on their site, and they will get you in with their distributor so that you get exposure into Barnes & Noble, Borders, Books A Million, Atlas Books, and even Blueprint Books so that you will be able to list. Or you can find a way to list them on your own. And that depends on your ISBN number. Part of your marketing plan is, are you going to have your own ISBN numbers? Are you going to joint venture to have a known ISBN number? There are a number of ways to do that as well. Having a known ISBN number is a much easier route to take, and it's usually not that expensive. Uh, usually that publisher will want to see what you're publishing ahead of time, and they will, they will help you along the way. Uh, there are a number of you know small marketing plans that you can go through that people will help you do that. But it's just you know another creative idea that you can use, or you can just simply use your own. I believe you have to buy ten at a time. So ten ISBNs is not a bad thing. Your book can be one. You can have an audio program use another. Um, you can put out several reports. They can each use one. <clears throat> that means all of those will start getting listed. Now I had mentioned distributor. There are a number of distributors for smaller publishers. Sometimes it's difficult to get in with a few of them, but there are those that work with the smaller entity. Now, uh, Publishers Group West is around, Atlas Books. There are a number of those. Excuse me for a sec. 
And I'd like to remind people that you're listening to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Today's topic is putting together a book marketing plan, and our special guest this hour is Dr. Beth Doust of BlueprintBooks.com. If you're just tuning in and may have missed the first part of the show, be sure to visit our website, AuthorsAccess.com, where you can find podcasts of all of our shows. If you have a brief question, feel free to email us to info at authorsaccess.com. And uh, Beth, I've just been uh, hypnotized. I've been taking notes. I know Irene is taking <laughs> notes. This is the best marketing show I've been a part of, so I want to thank you for joining us. And I'm wondering if you could explain some of the subtle differences between distributors and wholesalers, because I get a lot of confused questions about that. Yeah, a, a distributor basically goes out and markets your book on your behalf. I have my distributor is Midpoint Trade. Uh-huh. So they're out there marketing. They don't necessarily – sometimes they will also wholesale the books out at the same time. A wholesaler, on the other hand, is just simply you phone them and say, okay, send so many books to so-and-so, send so many books to so-and-so. They're not a- actually out there actively marketing your book where a distributor will. So I, I like working with, with uh, some of the um, smaller ones. I mentioned Publishers Group West, um, Atlas Books, um, you know, some of the smaller ones, but there's some larger ones as well. Uh, Baker and Taylor, who actively go out to the library market. And there's Ingram, which is the larger one, which is more difficult to get into. <clears throat> but they actively go out and market. For Ingram, for example, will send out daily emails of the new things coming out so people become aware. Um, Midpoint Trade puts out a catalog of everything that they have, so they get it out there. So those are the distributors. You could also have a wholesaler, and that could be my printer down down the road. He's my distributor, so when I get orders, I send them to them, and he simply fulfills them. Right. There's, there's two ways of looking at it. <clears throat> okay, great. Can you tell us a little bit about how would I really take advantage of some of these book industry trade shows? I mean, they're they're huge, and uh, they can be very confusing. What what would be a strategy for addressing that? Well, you know, this this was one of the scariest things I ever did. <laughs> and this was a cu- couple of years ago, believe it or not. I had written lots of stuff. I get get it out there all the time. You know, I got 18 books on Amazon. You know, and on and on and on we went. And I never really thought about book shows. So someone said, oh, go to Book Expo America. And I'm going, yeah, right. It's probably, you know, like the big uh, computer shows they used to have in Las Vegas. And yeah. I'm right. It It is. What I did, and this is this is an easy way to find a publisher that's going there or become part of the Publishers Marketing Association. They display. They will display your books. Publishers Marketing Association is a fabulous organization for the first-time author. They give you insights. They give you ability to advertise where you couldn't afford it on your own. They will sell you a pass into these shows. It will allow you to display your book. So now all of a sudden you're in these big trade shows. Now when you get there, don't stay in the booth. Get hold of the book and just find out what other people are doing in your genre. Because you can pick up, at those trade shows, you bring 100 to 200 copies of your book to give away. And people will pick it up. People that are buying for libraries or for small shops or... You know, other publishers that are looking for great publications. You can go to HCI 
and they quite often will have you know a lot of the chicken soup books. So you can pick those up. And then you also get to meet with the other publishers, other authors. They do author signings. It gives you an opportunity to get really involved in the industry. So I really like Book Expo America, and I believe it's in New York in June. I would not miss it anymore, even though I was very scared the first time. Now, speaking of other trade shows, there are those that are outside the country. One of the other big ones is the one in Frankfurt. Now, I'm not going to go there, but on the other hand, this comes back to subsidiary rights, I, I almost fell over. My book has sold in seven different languages, and I just got my Spanish copy of the fourth book in my series in my hands last week, and we sold those rights a year and a half ago. By using an agent that actually goes out there and displays book, the agent I have, and this is, this is really great for most people, his name is Bod, Bob Erdman. And if you want any of this information I'm talking about, if you get a hold of Irene, and then she can pass that information on to me, and then I can respond to each individual. I will pass you know, my connections along. I would love to share my connections with anyone, including you know, a publisher that will use their ISBN. So there's, there's that trade show. I don't go to that one, but I put you know, four titles out there. And it's fairly inexpensive. It's about $175 a title, and you send in two books. They do all the work. They take it out there. They give you the ability, and they come back with offers. And this last time, I think I sent out 80 books after the show to um, organizations all over the world that wanted to publish my book in their language. So there's you know, that type of thing. There's also these wonderful smaller trade shows. I believe there's a, a great one in uh, San Diego. There's some that are in, I think there's a great one in Atlanta. That you should always go, even if you just go and walk around, just see what they're about. You know, smell, feel, taste, get part of that community, because you really need to connect with other people, know what they're doing, and it also generates ideas for yourself. They may have tried something in marketing that absolutely worked. You can take a look at it and see if it applies to you. That's it's you know it's really key and add it to your marketing plan. I'm always going to go back to the marketing plan because if you don't plan, you could end up spending way more money than you ever you know, wanted to. I know on one of my books, I don't even want to talk about the future I spent. We didn't do that well with the book. I think we sold 12 books and I spent $20,000. Obviously, I was just you know, throwing money at, well, we could try this, we could try this. And I wasn't getting the results because I didn't go back and I didn't test my market. So you know, I've tr I've tripped over my own tongue many times. So if you want to get involved with trade shows, start with BEA. Find a way to get there. Get a ticket. Join PMA. Um, you'll never regret it because PMA will also direct you to other trade shows. They will also allow you to advertise in places such as Publishers Weekly on the front cover. You probably couldn't get there or pay for on your own but you do it with 10 or 12 other authors, that's fabulous. Gosh, Matt, you know, unfortunately we're running out of time. I hate to even interject here because I'm just, I'm busy writing notes as you're speaking, and thank you so much for sharing with us the things that we should do, and obviously you're the forerunner there, and you've had the experiences, and you know what not to do, and so now you're telling us what to do, and we so appreciate it. Matt, just Tell our audience what your website address is so that they can actually go and visit you there. 
Yes, our website is blueprintbooks with an S dot com, and uh, through that front page, you can actually register to put your your books up on the site right there. Just tell me that you want to put your books up there. I'll set up a provider account for you. You don't have to have your book in full publication. We will put an SKU number on it and get it up there for sale. We will help you market. Uh, we have a marketing plan with it, although it's not posted on the website, but we do talk to our providers to see if they need any of our services. Oh, wow. That and, sounds and, great. That's yeah, blueprintbooks.com. And also earlier in the show, Beth, you had mentioned that you have a PDF sheet that you're willing to send to people. So they can also not only contact me, but they can contact you directly through your website. Is that correct? That's correct. Good. Good. So they can visit um, your website at blueprintbookswithanass.com. And, uh, and I have one you. other thing I forgot about. Okay. I have, I have set up a coupon code for oh. people coming to the website when you register as a customer and you buy two books, value $25, there is a coupon there for you for $10 off. So you really? Can, you can buy Dan Pointer's oh. book, you can buy Irene's book or my book or someone that you know, their book is on there. You'll get $10 off, and your coupon code is going to be really easy to remember. It is Reader Views. <laughs> well, how sweet is that? <laughs> Gosh, thank you again, Beth. It's been so wonderful. We have to have you back because yeah. I know that... You know, you've covered so much, but there's just so much more that you can share with us, and we'll definitely keep you in mind for the next lineup. Thank you again. I felt that I really talked too much, but there's a lot more to go. I know there is, and that's why you're going to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You've been listening to another edition of Authors Access Live, where authors get published and published authors get successful, on internetvoicesradio.com. You can hear us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time right here on internetvoicesradio.com. We'll be back next Thursday, January 18, 2007, when our topic is the basics of cover design. And our special guest who will be joining us is Michelle DiFilippo of 1106design.com. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, authorsaccess.com. If you have questions or comments about today's show, feel free to send us an email to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. And for Reader Views, this is Irene Watson of Austin, Texas, signing off. For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening. Thank you very much for listening to Passionate Internet Voices Talk Radio. If you really enjoyed this evening's program and want to get some more information that you did not have time to write down because you were listening so hard, please go to http colon slash slash internetvoicesradio.com. Our next program doesn't begin until 10 o'clock with Janet Elaine Smith in Let's Talk Spanish, and then at 10.30 this evening from the banks of the mainstream with Jackie Sue. While you're waiting for these two live programs to go on, please stick around and listen to our pre-recorded programs all from the year 2006. If at any time you want to talk to me about something, the phone number to call is 734-332-5902 or email me at lillian.caldwell at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you have a good evening. Good night.